Welcome to the Wordy Girl Entertainment Podcast. I am your writer-in-chief, Rosalind Jackson. I am a lover of words, and that love led me to a passion for writing. And what's the next best thing to writing? Talking about writing. So kick back and join me for mind-blowing chats about writing covering everything from screenplays to novels to poetry, from nonfiction books to songwriting, and much more. Ains Prasad, better known as Brains, began his professional music career in 1998 by signing a publishing deal with the legendary songwriter Kenny Babyface Edmonds. This immediately launched his career, and he shortly became a multi-platinum music producer. Brains shot up the music charts, and within a short period of time, he was able to write and produce music for such artists as Jamie Foxx, Rick Ross, Snoop Dogg, Pink, Miley Cyrus, French Montana, Pitbull, and more. After winning an American Music Award for Soundtrack of the Year for Save the Last Dance, Brains went on to work on films such as Django, The Amazing Spider-Man, Hardball, Pootie Tang, Beer Fest, and much more. He has also produced and written music for Fox Network, BET, and ESPN 30 for 30. Throughout his career, he has managed to work on several commercial campaigns, including Verizon, Mercedes-Benz, Steph Curry Under Armour, and Bombay Sapphire. Brains is all about challenges and is currently focusing on film composing. He has had the opportunity to work with Hans Zimmer on The Amazing Spider-Man, and now has composed music and is the music supervisor on the feature film All-Star Weekend, starring Jamie Foxx, Jeremy Piven, Robert Downey Jr., Ava Langaria, Gerard Butler, and Benicio Del Toro. Brains also became the music producer for the 2018 BET Awards. He has taken his 20-plus years of music industry knowledge and entrepreneurial skills to the tech world. He is currently designing an online music licensing platform that will help curate music for all forms of media. In 2018, Brains and his production partners over at HMG acquired a publishing catalog that won five Grammy Awards. Among those wins were R&B Album of the Year for Bruno Mars' 24K Magic, Song of the Year for Bruno Mars' That's What I Like, and Best R&B Song of the Year for Bruno Mars' That's What I Like. Currently, Brains is the music composer on a Netflix TV series titled Dad Stop Embarrassing Me, slated for a 2021 release. He is also the film composer on Groove Tales, an animation feature film also slated for 2021 release. Brains recently signed an administrative partnership deal with BMG Music Publishing. So welcome to the Wordy Girl Entertainment Podcast. Today we are speaking with Ains Brains Prasad. Yeah. <laughs> What's up, Ains? <laughs> How are you doing, Wordy Girl? I'm good. I am good. Thank you so Thank much for doing the interview. Thank you for having me on. You're welcome. So um, tell everybody um, where you're from. I am a Jamaican, Fijian, Canadian. <laughs> I come from Canada last. I, mm. My mom lives in Toronto. My dad lives in Edmonton. 
my mother is Jamaican and my dad's from the Fiji Islands and they mm-hmm. met in Canada. That's that's how I was created. <laughs> oh wow. Um yeah, and I ended up moving out to to LA, you know, fast forward because of music. That's why mm-hmm. that's why I moved out here. And I've known you for Jesus mm-hmm. Lord. <laughs> Twenty years maybe, close to. I know it's been forever. So yeah, um, yeah tell everybody um how we know each other, how we met. Well, in 1998, uh, first of all, I'm, I'm a songwriter, producer, and a film composer. But 1998, uh, my production partner, which is Anthony President, shout out to Anthony President. Hey, Anthony. Um, <laughs> him and I put a production team together, and we were producing music. And you know, we said, okay, let's 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 go for a, for a publishing deal, right? So we put a whole bunch of songs together. 100% written by us, produced by us, and some of the stuff was performed by us. Um, I'll, I'll take you down the, the, the timeline of this all. Mm-hmm. We, were in Va- we were living in Vancouver at the time, present myself, and we put together a demo tape, and we decided, well, we used to go to New York. We used to try and get a record deal, because it was both of us, we were both in a, in a hip-hop group called Lopsided, mm-hmm. and uh, it was just two of us. And, you know, every time we would go to the table, we would play music for like Puff and Harv Pierre and people from Bad Boy. And they liked what we were doing. And we just, we never could ink a deal or get further. But one thing they always complimented us on is the production oh, okay. and the songwriting aspect. So when we came back, <clears throat> we decided put to, get, to put together a demo reel of songs. Um, our boys, Giuliano, I don't know if you remember Jules. Jules was so. one of the... Yeah, he put together a really nice demo record with Anthony President for the Anthony President Project. He was a rapper at the time, mm-hmm. great artist. And Tracy Edmonds heard the demo and Kenny heard the demo and they offered him a publishing deal. So Giuliano ended up moving down to LA. President myself put our reel together and we were offered several deals. We took the one in New York from Brian Jackson. Out of, he was, it's funny. Brian Jackson was part of EMI Music Publishing at the time, and he was only signing three people that year. He was signing this kid named Rodney Jerkins, this group called the Neptunes, and us, ah. Presidential Campaign. That was oh, wow. the name of our production company. Yeah, I And he was that. only signing three people. <laughs> yeah, we were Presidential Campaign. So he ended up signing the Neptunes. He did sign Rodney Jerkins. He did give us a contract, but we didn't end up signing it. And Brian Jackson will tell you this. We didn't sign it because Babyface listened to our demo. Mm-hmm. It was Babyface and Vincent Herbert at the time, and mm-hmm. they offered us more money. Ah. And then Tracy, Tracy ended up signing President Myself. Mm-hmm. So we ended up taking the deal with Babyface and Tracy Edmonds, and that's where I met you. Mm-hmm. I met you up there on the sixth floor because that's you know this Edmonds tower yep. that was the hot spot in in, in Hollywood at the time yes. when it came to like production everybody was mm-hmm. everybody who was anybody was up there right that that building was the hot spot <laughs> <for sure. laughs> yeah yeah everybody was up there because you guys were managing too you had a lot of acts you were managing Shamar Moore at the time mm-hmm. you had Robbie Reed Associates were, I think even yeah. one time Robbie Reed was managing JB Fox so yeah there was you guys had rosario dawson i worked Mm -hmm. with rosario yeah um but yeah that's what that's where i met you so you know uh, kenny ended up signing us he gave us uh recording studios on the second floor Mm -hmm. each had our own room and that's when we started recording the first artist we actually recorded was third story that was the very first act we recorded when we moved to la 
Mm. Um, and then we had the B side of the single. That's when it, that's when there were B sides yeah. of the single. And and Mr. Face had the A side because he's big. <laughs> of course, he's gonna get the single, right? <laughs> but our song, our song was the B side. Let's sing. I can't even remember the name. <laughs> I think it was called "If I Only Knew." I think. Mm. Yeah, something like that mm-hmm. but yeah and then that that's where i met you you were on the fourth floor and you were you were under yabium correct i was kind of like all over the building because i was first yeah. working um well actually i started as kenny's intern first oh, okay um, okay yeah so i was his intern so i used to work with salambra and then salambra. i went, um, <laughs> and then i went part-time in um tracy's office so i was like doing mm. all this at the same time and mm. then i started working part-time in the studio so mm. um and i remember all you guys you know you guys will be there in the in the little midi rooms and doing your thing mm-hmm. And then whoever <laughs> would have the big studio booked out you know they'd be coming in and out and Lisa Einhorn. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Shout out to Lisa. <laughs> Shout out to Lisa. Lisa, she was the Lisa. studio manager. <laughs> yep. And everything. But that was it was like a whole entertainment hub there. Like, you know, uh, the it was floor. family. Yeah, it was the sixth floor was uh the music um the record company, fifth floor was TV and film, and also casting with Robbie Reed. Mm-hmm. Fourth floor was the music publishing. And third floor was uh-huh. the studio, and then the second floor was, um, I guess, where you, where you guys' offices were. But yeah. Yep. But yep. Yeah. You know, I ended up, you know, I, I don't know how you're going to, I guess we can talk all over the place. I don't know if there's any linear way you want to go, but <laughs> on the second floor, uh, Tracy Edmonds' brother, Michael McCorn, and I mm-hmm. actually put a studio on the second floor. And uh, we actually built that all the way out. And we used to have Tyrese used to rent from us. He used to be one of our tenants. And then after Tyrese left, Dwight Freeney was one of our tenants. And at the time, Mm -hmm. Dwight was the highest paid NFL player. So yeah, that building served its, that building served its, its purpose. And um, yeah, that's that. So long story short, that's where I met you. Yeah. And and Tyrese actually ended up moving his whole company into the second floor. So he was running. He was running. Yeah. And renting my studio. Oh, oh, he's running from you. Oh, okay. Okay. That's what it was. Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's part. the whole reason. <laughs> that's the whole reason why. In fact, how it actually went down is at that time I was working with Nate. There's mm-hmm. another writer named right? Nate. Present I at that point, we diffused our company and we just we decided to go different uh directions in terms of music. Mm-hmm. Uh but Nate and I started working together and one day Tyrese asked Nate and myself to come to his house out in mm-hmm. Temecula and he wanted to produce and write some music. Mm-hmm. So the reason why we went out there is because there was a movie that Mike McCorn was the music supervisor for. Jesus Lord, I forget the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was an it was a not an army movie, kind of a vet movie about vets in the army. Okay. I forget the name of it. Starring Tyrese in it. But we did a song with Tyrese. So we went down, we went to Tyrese's house. And if anybody knows LA, Temecula is not close. It's like a two hour drive. Right. You know, so we go there and his studio's not working. And so I'm like, Shit. so I take my jacket off. I get under the studio board. I try to rewire stuff for him so that it's working. By the way, his house is gorgeous. <laughs> uh, it didn't work. There's something wrong with his board. I'm trying to tell him like, yo, Reese, I got a studio in Hollywood we can mm-hmm. use. He's like, okay, let's talk about later. Like the, a day later, he's in my studio <laughs> talking with Mike and Tracy. I'm like, what the heck? He's like, B, I told you, you know, yeah, I told you. So long story short, 
he loved the studio. Mm-hmm. He said he wanted to lease it, and then he moved his entire company headquarter entertainment. He moved up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that yeah. was a trip. <laughs> yeah, that was. <laughs> I'm sure that was. I mean, you, you know, when you have you have a you have a, a mega star on your mm-hmm. floor, right? You know, you have to manage you have to manage that as well. You know? Exactly. Yeah, because all the crazies they used to try to get into the building. Yep. It was like they're oh. there. <laughs> They are there. Yeah, so the first record we did was on Third Story, which was mm-hmm. Yabium. And oh. they were managed by the beloved Jackie Cor- McCorn. Yes. God bless her Rest soul. In peace. Yeah. Um, Tracy's mom and Michael's mm-hmm. mom. And, you know, you and I both worked with that family for years. Yeah. Um, we've, we've had some successes. We had some failures. But that's mm-hmm. just business, you know. Right. Uh, I Present, back to rewinding. Anthony, president of myself, we, we produced that first record on Third Story, which was mm-hmm. Yabium. And at the time, I believe Sylvia Roan, mm. they did a deal with Electra with Sylvia Roan. So that album was yeah. coming out, Yabium backslash uh, Electra. So that's where that record went. <clears throat> you know, the first, the first big single we had was on Pink. Okay. And um, yeah, we did a song called You Make Me Sick. I remember that song. (laughs) Yeah. And you know what? I was in the room. We were at Kenny's studio. So just so people understand that there Mm -hmm. was the Yabium building, you want to call it, like the building on Coanga, which was six Mm -hmm. floors. And then there was Babyface's studio, which was about eight blocks away. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Kenny Kenny Edmonds had his own spot, right? He just, that's just Mm -hmm. how we are as writers. We need privacy. So we were over at Kenny's spot. Called Brandon's Place. Brandon's way, yes, man. <laughs> and I was working in the media room, in the smaller room outside his little lobby. And Prez was playing, Prez was playing Damon Thomas, mm-hmm. the "You Make Me Sick" record. I mm-hmm. believe it was Damon Damon Thomas. Damon heard the record and ran in and said to Kenny, "I believe I want to say it was Damon. Maybe I'm tripping. <laughs> I want to say it's Damon." And he said, "Yo, you got to hear this song." And um, Kenny heard. It. He said, "Okay, that's it." No, and they were working with Shakespeare to finish the album. And they said, no, mm-hmm. we're not using the Shakespeare record anymore. This mm-hmm. is the final single, done. Final song. It wasn't a single. And so we're like, really? He's like, yeah, really. That's it. So that's what, ha- that ha- that's what happened with Pink. Later on, we got into studio with, we used a girl named, a woman named Cherie for Pain to demo mm-hmm. the record for us. Mm-hmm. And we wrote that song with Mark Tab. Mark Tab was just a, he was an amazing writer. He was one of Jason Edmonds' best friends. Oh, and okay. we got we had the pleasure of working with him. I love that guy. He was a great writer. Um, so we wrote the record, demoed it with Cherie. Then we got into the studio with Pink, put her vocals on it, and the rest was history. We got a call oh, wow. one day from Clive's office. I believe it was Clive talking to to Perez, saying mm-hmm. that this is the next single that they're gonna they're gonna go with. So we were happy about that. Oh wow. So, yeah, so that's pretty so, cool. I remember her being at the the studio. Um, um, on Kawanga because I saw her. I don't know if you guys were working with her at that time too. Um, I remember she was in the the main lounge and she was playing pool. Yeah, she, she had on a bathroom. If, <laughs> if she's if she was in the if she was in the in the Kawanga building, then she was uh-huh. working with presidential campaign. Oh, okay. she's worked with us. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah, because Kenny would record her at his spot, but mm-hmm. we were well. <laughs> it's funny because. We met with her on a couple of things. There was an, oh my God, this is hilarious. There was a guy named Little Zane. Mm-hmm. 
back in the day. And I think he, he rapped on one of the 112 records with, with Biggie. Oh, and wow. Little Zane, Andrew Shack over at, at, who was the president at Capitol Records at the time. Mm. It was a Capitol, no, it was Priority. <clears throat> he wanted us to do a song with Zane and, and Pink. So we did, we did do another record with them mm-hmm. for another movie for another sound, just as funny. We got tra- We got songs we did with artists that just never came out. Mm-hmm. So we did a record with the two of them. They flew us down to Philly, where, where, where Pink is from. Mm-hmm. And we cut the record with Pink in Philly. We cut, we cut Little Zane's vocals at a tracking place in, mm-hmm. in the Yabian building, Coanga building. Mm-hmm. Then they flew us down to um, Philly. We cut the record there. Um, finished it, mixed it, Manny Mariquin, one of my best friends out here, one of the best, if not the best mix engineers of all time. I remember Manny. <laughs> In my, yeah, Manny, he's amazing. Um, <laughs> Manny's actually the first, he was the, he was the engineer that mixed our first record with, with Third Story, but oh, he also okay. mixed the Pink, the pink record, mm-hmm. and he also mixed the other Pink record that we did mm-hmm. with Zane. But, um, you know, unfortunately, that record never ended up coming out on the movie. Something happened. I, I can't even recall exactly what happened. But that's, that's the nature of music. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you do these collaborations and, and nothing comes from it. Even though you record it and you mix right. it and you go through the whole, the whole process, you know, that didn't end up uh, working out. Right. But, yeah, I mean, that was, that, was our, that was our big first single. And, you know, mm-hmm. we were kind of happy about that. That song actually really had legs. Mm-hmm. Because after we cut that record, Michael McCorn, who ended up managing presidential campaign, mm-hmm. Anthony President and myself, um, w- he was music supervising a movie called um, Save the Last Dance. Yes. And <laughs> Anthony, yeah, Anthony President and myself, we did several songs on that movie. Um, we also had, it's funny, <laughs> our group, we had a group. <laughs> Prez and I had a group called Blackout. And in the black in the group blackout, we had Ron, Ronnie DeVoe. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, GRUN, Ronnie DeVoe, myself, mm-hmm. Prez, and a guy named Rue. Rue was from a group from Dr. Dre back in the days called Pro, Poor, Broken, Lonely. We ah. brought him over to our group, and we were called Blackout. And at the time, LaRonda Sutton was working mm-hmm. at publishing up, up for Kenny Edmonds. So yeah, LaRonda. <laughs> yeah, yep. So we th- that so backing up a little. That song ended up going on the, that song ended up doing double platinum on her album. Oh my God. Yeah, two, yeah, two times we got a double, double platinum out of that one. Mm-hmm. And then Mike put it on the Save the Last Dance soundtrack. Uh-huh. And at first I was just like, you know, I remember going to screen the movie Save the Last Dance at Paramount mm-hmm. <clears throat> Pictures in Hollywood. And I didn't like the movie. I'm like, man, it's like a, I'm like, Mike, this is like a, flash dance spinoff or something <laughs> and he's and he's like y'all just shut up and just do the do the movie <laughs> so we're like whatever so we did like we did a lot of music in that movie a lot of the mm-hmm. dance and hip-hop stuff is us and you know even our group blackout we did one of our songs in there and then they threw the you make me sick song in there mm-hmm. and i remember this because it was over it was near the christmas holidays and mm-hmm. i was at the barber shop and i got a call from mike mm-hmm. and he's like yo the movie's number one at the box office. I'm like, get, the f- <laughs> get, get out of here. Are you kidding me? He's like, yeah. I'm like, yo, Prez, the movie went number one. It's so crazy, right? I was, mm-hmm. oh, and then I ended up flying to New York after, for Christmas to go vi- visit my sister and my pops. After I was leaving New York, we were going to, all the homies were going to meet in Hawaii for New Year's. Mm-hmm. I get another call from Mike and say, yo, 
the soundtrack's number one. Yeah. We're like, wait, what? So we had, you know, in one, that's now, now this one song, four times platinum at the time. Mm-hmm. That's, that's four times platinum. Mm-hmm. Plus uh, number one on the charts, the soundtrack was, and the movie was, then we won an American Music Award for the soundtrack of the year. Yeah, so I remember that what, day because yeah, yeah, Michael, yeah. We, we were all at the offices and he didn't go to the, the show and then he found out he won and we were all at the office. He was like, we just won the American Music Award. Everybody was like, what? Yeah, <laughs> yep. It's exactly how it worked. And he, he worked his magic on a soundtrack. I mean, that's a classic. A lot of movies nowadays that became dance movies after that were mm-hmm. really following in the footsteps of, of Save the Last Dance. And so, yeah, that one song went pretty far, you know. Yeah, that's it, cool. it probably well all said is done it probably ended up doing five million units and then a rock group redid the song as well oh, and then wow. they did dance re- dance remixes of it in europe and mm-hmm. and stuff like that so that song had had a lot of legs to it um you know i think cool. it it is it is to have one song get that much love it's it's, it's pretty amazing mm-hmm. but you know i think tracy and mike were, were, you know, really responsible for introducing uh, Anthony and, my, and myself to, to television and film, mm-hmm. you know. Those were the first soundtrack that we were on, and, it, you know, rightfully so. It went, mm-hmm. it went huge. Mm-hmm. Um, also, we were on, um, there was another, what was the other one that Tracy did? She did another movie. Um, um, uh, my mind is blank right now. Uh, with Nick Cannon. With was Nick- it Nick Cannon? No, no, it was Christina Milian and um, someone else. Wasn't it Canon? Maybe it wasn't Canon. Hmm. I can't recall. But we were on that soundtrack too. She, we, long story short, they ended up putting us on a lot of soundtracks because mm-hmm. that was the thing. And I mean, I think one of the last ones that we worked on with Kenny and Tracy though mm-hmm. was on um, Josie and the Pussycats. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. So, and this is at the time you guys were managing Rosario Dawson. Yes. And. At the time, at the time, she starred in that movie, and we did like we did a couple songs in that movie with with the director who helped write and really spoofy, playing kind of songs because it, it was a comedy, and then um, did another movie with Rosario Dawson and Eddie Murphy called Pluto Nash. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. So the song in that movie with Eddie. We actually were cut, we cut Rosario. She's the one singing it. She came mm-hmm. to the studio on the second floor. Mm-hmm. Evan Haney was her manager at the time. I'm not sure if he still is. Yeah. Uh, and, oh, I don't yeah. know if he still is now, but I remember Evan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Evan was cool. So Evan, Evan brought us that project. We cut the song. It ended up in the movie, ended up on the soundtrack, but it was, it's really Rosario singing. All happened on the second floor, funny mm-hmm. enough. Wow. But yeah, that, that floor had a lot, that floor has influenced Mm-hmm. We should do a book called That Floor because <laughs> that floor really curved a lot of people's careers. It started mm-hmm. a lot of people's careers, you know. Yeah. That, you know, I'll, I'll t- we'll get to this a little later, but that floor is where I met Jamie Foxx. Oh, okay. He, he, was, he was working with Next in the big room, mm-hmm. in the SSL room. And, you know, my room was directly across from the SSL room. So when it opened, he heard Nate and myself singing and he made, mm-hmm. he made a little joke about us. But yeah, so... <laughs> We, we, of course, right? So we did, um, <laughs> we did the um, Josie and the Pussycatch, which, which did good at the theaters. Another thing that we did, this is, you know, I'm just getting into where, where we going. I started doing a lot of stuff uh, with Master P, present mm-hmm. myself. 
And we did a single, it's funny, we did a single with his son when he was really young, <laughs> Romeo. We did a song uh -huh. called Romeo, <laughs> It Takes Two. And it was, it takes two to make a thing go right, mm -hmm. Romeo, Romeo. And that was his first <laughs> single. That was his first big single. We shot it, did the video, cut the, in fact, Master P, if anybody knows P, they're going to know what I'm saying. They're going to laugh. You, he, he, he was the kind of guy, you'll, he'll ask you, yo, can I get a copy of the demo, Wardy? So yeah, mm -hmm. you give him a car. So he wanted to ride with it and listen to it in his car, right? Mm -hmm. Literally, we know he took the cassette tape, mastered it, and put it out. And that was it. Oh, wow. It was, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, so a lot of the stuff that we did with Master P was just off of him listening to a demo cas cassette uh -huh. at that. And they mastered it and, and, and put that stuff out. That's, wow. you know, Michael McCorn is the one that introduced us to Master P and we started mm -hmm. working with P on, on a, several of his albums. We worked with all his brothers and his son on all those mm -hmm. albums. And then, which takes me to Pootie Tang. Uh -huh. We worked on that movie called Pootie Tang. <laughs> <laughs> which at the time was funny and didn't make sense to me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Chris Tucker, right? Or Chris yeah. Rock. Uh, Chris Rock. And, uh, yeah, yeah, and... Uh, we did a couple songs in there too. We, we did a record with Master P and Magic, God bless his soul. He passed mm -hmm. away, him and his wife. Mm. And um, uh, we did another one with a group called Idea. Uh -huh. I don't know if you remember Idea. I, I think you better leave me alone. Get the hell on. They had a song that went like that. That was their number one single, but they were a four guy group. We yeah, worked I don't with them. them. <laughs> yep. Worked with them on that soundtrack. It did a couple, two or three songs. Oh. And we actually, we were some of the last producers to work with Nate Dogg. We did oh, a song okay. with Nate Dogg on that album called Yesterday with mm -hmm. Nate Dogg and Roscoe. Really mm -hmm. good record. Um, and then in my, in my career, that's actually the first record that I ended up mixing. Uh -huh. So instead of using Manny because he wasn't available, you know, out of necessity, I was in the SSL room mixing. <laughs> I did go to, you know, I did go to college and I studied, I studied uh, sound I studied sound design and binaural mm -hmm. hearing, which oh, okay. is sound engineering. So I never thought that would come into play. But, you know, I, you know, I, I generally was mixing my own tracks. So mm -hmm. why not? So the one yeah. you're hearing on the soundtrack, that's the one that I produced and mixed with the acting president. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So we got to do that on that soundtrack. I'm just trying to think any of the soundtracks we were on at the time. That sounds like a lot. <laughs> Yeah, you know what, though? In that same building on the second floor, Mike introduced us to another guy named Crazy Bone from the Bone Thugs ah. and Harmony. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> we, did, we, did a, we did two songs with him, and they flew us out to Cleveland. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget, you know, we're coming from Canada, so people are like, y'all must be used to this weather, right? Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, we had been in L.A. already for four or five years, and we're like, no, nah, we're just used to the sun now. <laughs> So we, we get, they're telling us, okay, bring your winter jackets. Man, when I tell you, when we landed in Cleveland, it was a snowstorm. Oh, wow. I mean, it was cold. So Crazy Bone had someone pick us up at the airport and then just took us straight to the studio. Mm -hmm. We cut the record. Um, we cut the record. I can't even remember the name of the damn song. <laughs> uh, what was this? Song? Was it? Oh, let's see. I thought I had it here. They had some amazing songs, and they, they were so melodic. They were big at the time. Yeah, we were on the Crazy Bone Thug Mentality 1999 album. Mm -hmm. uh, was it Shoot the Club Up? Shoot the Club Up. Jeez, oh, okay. good memory. 
Yeah, shoot the club out, club up. And we did another song called Nigga Don't Make Me Kill You. Oh. <laughs> but that never made it on the album because you only okay. had one spot left. Again, it's <laughs> funny because we go back and we got that song on a reel somewhere here. Nobody's ever heard of these records, right? Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of like having something like, I don't know, with Elvis or Bob Marley on it. And, and <laughs> it never just never came out. So did that. That album did double platinum again. Mm -hmm. We didn't we didn't expect it to do that. That song went double platinum. Wow. So that album went double platinum. So we were, you know, we were some young guys producing records and we were just getting in in the midst of mm -hmm. what Hollywood is. You know, two two cats coming from a smaller city in Canada and were able to kind of move around and get on some big records. Mm -hmm. uh, later on I'm not even doing this in order, I don't think. But we did. We ended up on, you guys signed an amazing artist. One of my favorite artists. His name was John B. Ah, John. Ah, big John. <laughs> Love of John B. Man, he had two really big albums. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we ended up being on the third album. Okay. And That's Stronger Every Day. That, that we one? had yeah we had the first single some people didn't like it i don't care i got to work <laughs> with john b um and the song we did was called lately okay so so mm. this song's an interesting record so uh we put this record together and actually got into this well let's let, let's back this stuff a little before president i got our deal with uh kenny and tracy mm -hmm. we were shopping our demo reel around and we had we had management at the time and someone wanted us to meet this woman named missy elliott yeah so we went to the studio and she was getting her hair done we were in new york and we played some records for her and she really liked the records we were working on mm -hmm. and she said i want you guys to work with this guy that i'm about to sign his name is tank mm. and we're like oh okay tank never heard of tank she's like yeah the kid's <laughs> phenomenal phenomenal singer Okay, so fast forward years later, we never got to work with Tank at the time. We were nobodies. <laughs> <laughs> but she did like our music and she did make an effort to try and put us together. Mm -hmm. But um, so fast forward, we got to work on John B's third album. We had this track and we gave it to none other but Tank. <laughs> mm -hmm. So Tank was writing, phenomenal writer, by the way phenomenal artist like he doesn't even yeah. use pen and paper he listens to oh. the track then he goes into the studio and then he says just hit record rings we're wow. recording and then i said i want to put a bridge in the song so what i did is i said i'm going to the one and only Babyface, mm -hmm. and i said kenny can you put a bridge on this and he said no, no problem mm -hmm. so gave him the track came back amazing bridge uh, uh tank was was so excited because this was the first time he ever did a song with Babyface. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, so it was a Babyface written by Babyface and Tank, produced by Brains Athlete, present performed mm -hmm. by John B. So mm -hmm. to us, that was one of those records that was a staple. Yeah, and yeah, it, it worked. And it ended up being first single, and you know, uh, we did the video and a bunch of stuff with that record on that same album. You know, I was in a, at the time. I also had a because I, I got Jamaican roots. So, you know, I was doing reggae DJ and stuff like that, right? So I had a group called Farana. It was my cousin and myself. Uh -huh. And we did a record on John on that same album with John B with with Beanie Man. Mm -hmm. 
And why do I always forget the name of that song? Do you remember that song? Um, no, but I have it up here on the screen as uh, Every Time. Every Time. <laughs> there you go. Yes. Yeah, so that was, that was another interesting record. We never produced that one. We just performed on it. I did mm -hmm. a verse on it. My cousin did a verse on it. And then um, John, uh, John B. did his verse. Obviously, it's his song. And then mm -hmm. Beanie Man came in and did his thing. And we kind of helped coordinate the whole Beanie Man thing to come in. Mm -hmm. And because Beanie Man was on my album. He was mm -hmm. on our album, too. So he did either a record with us. And we actually had Jamie Foxx on that album, too. <laughs> and then in <laughs> return, he came and he did the song with John B., Fire and and Beanie Man. So that was kind of a, kind of a throwback classic where r&b mm -hmm. soul meets dancehall reggae uh -huh. and it turned out good it turned out good it was a good record so yeah john yeah. had some hits some serious hits <laughs> you he did play, you can play his stuff to still today and to the day <laughs> just talented just a talented guy yeah, yeah so, so you guys were heavy in the on the music side and now you're mm -hmm. into the um tv and film side uh, so how did yeah. you um how did you make that like that serious crossover i know you did a couple of things with michael um but how did well you actually it, it actually started slightly before michael mm -hmm. it oh, okay. started with tracy mm -hmm. tracy asked well no it did go from michael sorry it went from michael to tracy tracy asked nate to myself to work on this nickelodeon project mm -hmm. first we did something with this project she had called maniac mcgee oh, yeah, then she that. got us together yep then she got us together with these producers that was that were doing this animated TV series. I can't, I can't remember the name of the series. Anyway, so Nate and I did the music for the TV series. They had, they had a couple, and that's where we kind of got into the world. And I started wetting my beak with with television and film was from from the Edmonds era mm -hmm. at at Tracking Place. So mm -hmm. that's that's how that kind of worked. You know, fast forward. You know. I produced another record with Nate and wrote with Nate, uh, a song called, jeez, what is the song called? <laughs> it was on Third Story, but they no longer called themselves Third Story. They called themselves Chapter Four. Yeah, I remember they went through a few name changes. Yeah, so we did a song on them. What was that song called? Uh, let me see, do I have it here? Um, Fool With You? Fool with you, yes. <laughs> and we actually, lyrically wise, we, there's so many lyricists on that song. I can't even mm -hmm. remember everybody. Mm -hmm. I know Tyron Turner from Menace okay. to Society. Uh -huh. He was a person, he, he wrote some lyrics on that. Jay Fox wrote some lyrics on that. <laughs> uh, anyways, that went, on, that went on chapter four. And that was, a, mm -hmm. that was, they had now become, that was a Clive Davis project. So again, we yeah. had the first single. We had the first single on that, and that was a big single for them. Then mm -hmm. the, the whole thing fell apart. I don't know if that group ended up staying on there, but those guys were super talented. Yeah, that team, that group was super talented. Yes. Yeah, especially so, Gavin we, with the pipes. <laughs> oh my God, Gavin is a beast. He's yes. he is a beast. But don't sleep on the other ones. Like the other oh, guys yeah. can sing too. Like oh for really sure, good, to the point where they could have all done solo deals if they mm -hmm. wanted to, and just Absolutely. stood on their own. You know. Yeah, JR, Jason, those good, yeah. So, um, yeah. so we, we started, that, so that's where I, I got, you know, we recorded that record, The Fool With You, we cut that at Jamie Foxx's crib. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Okay. He, you know, Nate, Nate was friends with Jamie mm-hmm. and then introduced me to Jamie and we started being cool with Jay. And he's mm-hmm. like, man, you know, Fox is so generous. He's like, yeah, record my studio, whatever you want, whatever mm-hmm. you want. So we cut that record at the studio with Third Story. Jackie McCorn was there that day. Mm-hmm. Ended up being the first single. Manny Mariquan mixed that. Uh, of course, because he mm-hmm. always blesses, you know, when you can get Manny right. and he's not busy, you use him <laughs> and you pay that money. <laughs> okay. Right? Um, yeah. And Randy Cohen is his manager. Good old Randy. Mm-hmm. So Randy you talk Cohen. to Randy and, you, <laughs> and he'll arrange that for you. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so we ended up doing that. Then it did, <laughs> it's funny, shortly after cutting that, I played Fox this beat that I produced and Nate came aboard and did some work on it as well. Mm-hmm. And he put us in the studio. He said, I want to cut this with Snoop. Mm-hmm. And so we're like, okay, yeah, I'm, we're down with that. So he, he got Snoop in the studio and we ended up cutting that at Snoop's house. We did mm-hmm. a song called Psst, like mm-hmm. P-S-S-T. Yeah. <laughs> well, Fox sang the verse and Snoop was, then it was Snoop's song and it was on the Blue Carpet album and that one went gold. Mm-hmm. Probably eventually went platinum, but that one, that one went gold. So that was the real first time we started working with Fox at, uh, to, uh, to that degree. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, LaRonda, this mm-hmm. is all over, but you're going to have to edit this properly. LaRonda <laughs> Sutton, you know, I love LaRonda. She's awesome. Mm-hmm. She always treats us with respect and she knows music. She really knows music. She, um, she was working for Kenny Edmonds at the time. We were all there, Damon, Thomas, myself, Juliano, mm-hmm. all of us were up there, Orlando, or, um, Armando. Uh, who else was over there? There was just a bunch of us. And she was controlling the publishing. Yeah. Well, years later, after I, I finished that publishing deal, Jamie Foxx offered me a publishing deal. Oh, okay. He's like, are you out your deal yet? I'm like, yeah, I'm out my deal. Well, mm-hmm. I got LaRonda. Talk to her. I'm going to sign you. It's just mm-hmm. that simple. Boom, 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 mm-hmm. boom. So I walk into the office one day. LaRonda's like, brains. Oh, my God. <laughs> what the heck are you doing? I'm like, what are you doing here? <laughs> and, oh, hold on. Let's be, before, we do, before we jump into this, we're missing, there's a lot we're missing here. I'm just talking off the top <laughs> of my dome. But you can edit it how you want. There is a beautiful young woman. Mm. who used to be LaRonda's assistant and she would ah. administrate our publishing. <laughs> and this woman and I would always kick it. She was in love with Ronnie DeVoe. I introduced <laughs> her to Ronnie and she took me out one night to the key club and introduced me to a few of the members from NSYNC because she knew ah. them. I think she went to school with them or something happened or she knew them. This woman's name is Ethiopia. Yes, I remember Ethiopia. Ethiopia. Ethiopia <laughs> there you go. You know those names. She, in my opinion, and I do a lot of business, not just the music business, but in business, mm-hmm. she has grown the fastest out of anybody yes. I've ever, if there's anybody I can think of. I mean, I'm sure. I remember she came I, in like, yeah, like as, as an assistant. And then next thing you know, she was the head of Motown. <laughs> and the head of, guess who else? She was the head of senior over at uh, Universal Music Publishing. Guess where my deal with Fox was? Fox and, and I had an admin deal over there. Oh, wow. Yeah, so when I went up there one day with Fox Management, mm-hmm. and you gotta know Fox's management managers, Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, oh. Martin Scorsese, Jamie Foxx, the list is extensive. So oh, if wow. I'm walking into the room, exact Jack White, you mm-hmm. know, the list goes on. They're, 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 so when I walk in the room with them, obviously all attention's on them. Unless you walk into a room and you know Ethiopian, she knows you. Mm-hmm. So you walk mm-hmm. in there, she's like, "Oh my God, Brady!" She's coming <laughs> in, and uh, you know, 
she's she was such a good friend and still is a good friend mm-hmm. there were, actually it was a bunch of us that we were just we just used to all kick it it was like mm-hmm. lala ethiopia mm-hmm. me prez and obviously big ronnie devoe mm-hmm. and at the time right at this time ronnie was was dating the girl from um what was that group called the eight eight oh not eight oh eight oh um what is their name uh, I forget black? the name of the group they were like the black they were, yes they were like yeah. tlc Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And then he ended up marrying her and they have two yeah. beautiful kids now, two twins, two twins. Yeah. But yeah, so Ethiopia was the homie. Super busy now. Obviously she can't. Mm-hmm. It's hard to get a hold of Ethiopia. Ethiopia, mm-hmm. if you listen to this podcast, give your homie a call. <laughs> you got my info. It's never changed. But no, so <laughs> yeah. So I ended up doing a deal with Jamie Foxx back mm-hmm. then. I think I want to say this. I'm, it's unfortunate. I'm sorry I didn't use timelines. I'll clean this oh, up. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> Present, I signed a deal with Babyface in 1998. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fast forward, Kenny Edmonds' company ended up folding. And then Present, I turned around and did a joint venture with Michael McCorn mm-hmm. and, oh my God, and Notting Hill Music Publishing. Oh. After that fit folded, uh, I ended up signing a deal with Jamie Foxx and that was over at Universal. First at Bug Music and then we moved to Universal Music Group. And that's when I started. This was this. Now it's like 2009. Mm-hmm. I met Jamie originally, I think it was 2002. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, so we've moved it. Now it's 2009. Okay. And uh, so that's when, you know, that's Fox's world. Like obviously we started working on his album that mm-hmm. he was writing at the time. And it was the unpredictable album. Okay. And uh, Nate and I produced and wrote on two of those songs with Jay. And this, oh my God, I've got such a bad memory. The song (laughs) that we did was a song with Common called Uh You Still Got It. Okay. And I actually sang sang on that album. I sang on the bridge. And then Common's verse comes in. And it was about about your girlfriend. Like, she, you love her. She's still pretty. Mm-hmm. But even when she's pregnant, she still got it. That's what we kept saying <laughs> in the song. You still got it. Mm-hmm. Right. No matter how you look or where you are in your life, in, in my mind, in our mind, you still got it. So <laughs> and the, the cool thing about that record is that song never was a single, but Jamie performed it and debuted the song on Oprah Winfrey. Oh, wow. And at the time, I will never forget this because Fox, one day I walked in the studio, he's like, you get the royalty checks on. Huh? Like, what are you talking about? And I had no idea still that, you know, when your song is getting performed on Oprah Winfrey, the money mm-hmm. is really, it's a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> like the royalty on that it was ridiculous. So, you know, that, that was the first. And then we did another record on that album with, with Snoop Dogg and Game. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember the name of that one. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, we did another record with with uh, Snoop Dogg and Game, mm-hmm. and then you know it just there's there's a lot of music in between. I'm not even gonna touch because I'm just, mm-hmm. it's, it's not even it's not even coming to me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, did a lot of stuff. But I'll, when I started moving into like, okay, it's not just about making beats, right? It's it, it's got it. You gotta iterate in your career. That's you know I started mm-hmm. doing that with Jamie, and working on a lot of projects with him. Now you know. The, the very difficult thing is when you work with Jamie, in, in my mind and in my eyes, I, I'll justify this in a second. Jamie is a superstar. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people that are stars in this industry, but Jamie, Jamie is a superstar. And what I mean by that is he's triple threat. He yes. is a Oscar winning actor. Mm-hmm. He is a, 
Emmy winning actor. Mm-hmm. He is he is he's he he's had TV series. Yes. Phenomenal TV series. He is a platinum and a Grammy winning artist. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a stand-up comedian comedian and when he does his circuits, they're sold out every single night. So and he's a super performer. So when I say superstar, he's recognized you know, he's just so recognized. It's, yeah. it's so working, working with, with that said, <laughs> working with <laughs> Jamie, I don't always get to work on the projects that he works on. The projects uh-huh. that I work on with him is generally when it's our company producing it mm-hmm. or Jamie's oh, okay. directing it. And I'm part of the production company. So mm-hmm. he brings me in to do music and the production company is big. There's a lot of us, Tyron Turner, mm-hmm. phenomenal screenplay writer. People don't know that Tyron Turner and Johnny Mack wrote the majority of Jamie's standup when he did the big stand-up, the stuff that was on HBO. And, you oh, know, wow. so there, he, he has a team of writers, Speedy, mm-hmm. Johnny Mack, Tyron Turner, Dave Brown. You know, there's a, there's a whole bunch of people in there um, that work with him. So when he puts the production together, yeah, then I come aboard and I mm-hmm. fill the gap when it comes to music. I've also done music supervision. Not a huge fan of it, but if, you know, mm-hmm. I'll take one for the team, whatever needs <laughs> to be done gets, gets, gets done. So the first thing, I worked on, what the heck did I work on? We, we, I don't know if you know this gentleman by the name of Robert Smith. Mm. You know who Robert Smith is? That doesn't sound familiar. I want to say Robert Smith is the third richest black person on the planet. I want to say that. Oh, oh, him. Oh, okay. The he's, one that gave the money to the Morehouse students. To, to the school. Yes. Okay. Robert, Robert, he, 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 he's worth on or about 8 billion. Okay. okay. So Robert Smith was introduced to us by Dion Taylor. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. we work with Dion Taylor as well. Dion's the homie. Yeah. So phenomenal director. Dion's another person that everybody's got to start looking out for. He's, he's his yeah. movie debuts tomorrow, actually. Fatality. Yeah. I love him. I, 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 um, yeah always um see him on instagram and stuff and and he's yeah. um been in talks with uh tracy too for a couple of projects um in the past but um but yeah he's 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 um he's amazing he's gonna be big yeah he's gonna be big mm-hmm. so we did a, we jamie had this jamie's got tons of ideas by the really really talented guy jamie had this idea called tommy's little girl mm-hmm. okay Jamie knew this gentleman in Miami. His name, I think, I want to say they called him Tommy Guns. I want to say they called him that. <laughs> he, he obviously, he used to be part of the Italian mafia or whatever. And lay low, he's in Miami. So Jamie was talking to Tommy one day and Tommy was talking about his daughter. And he says, and he, and the story was going on. And he's like, oh, this is Tommy's little girl. What do you mean? And Jamie's like, that's a movie. <laughs> so, you know, years later, he came up with the script called Tommy's Little Girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And it was about a, a young, a younger girl whose father was in the mafia and she got killed in front of rise. They hit her and they put her out of, you know, they, they hit her. So the, the, the people wouldn't go after her. Mm-hmm. And as she started growing up, they came back and got her and taught her everything that she should know about the family because they wanted her to carry on the family name. Mm-hmm. So we put together this TV series and pilot and Robert Smith paid for the whole thing. And it was directed wow. by Dion Taylor and Jamie Foxx, music by brains. That's amazing. See, so that's, that's how it's now all working, right? Mm-hmm. So Robert's an awesome guy. Like I said, he put up the money and we, and we ended up shooting it. NBC picked up the show. Mm-hmm. The oh, first wow. time we pitched it, it was amazing. We went to Universal Studios. Jamie is the pitch king. He could sell snow to a snowman. And they <laughs> bought it. 
the problem was because it wasn't in rotation. I believe the, the senior vice president had retired mm-hmm. during this time and anything that wasn't in rotation yeah. doesn't go. It, it goes with him. It doesn't yeah, go. Yeah, that happens. Right. So we never ended up getting that. And, you know, we kind of left it alone. So mm-hmm. that was the first time working with Robert Smith and Dion Taylor. Prior mm-hmm. to that, I did work with Dion on a comedy that thing that he was doing with, I think it was Tracy and Mike. It was years prior to that. Mm-hmm. But um, that was the first time I ended up really working with him. And, you know, I put the music together on, on that project for, mm-hmm. for Fox. And then we've done a bunch of stuff. You know, I did, I did some commercials with, mm-hmm. with, even with Kenny, I did a, an, an alcohol commercial for Bombay Sapphire. Okay. And, uh, um, and with Fox, I did like the Verizon commercials with him, some mm-hmm. of the Apple commercials, and you know, the music, I'm doing the music for that. Mm-hmm. And then we get to the amazing Spider-Man. And this is, the, this is the funny thing. Jamie used to have King management. And so I was working, mm-hmm. on, I was working on that project and dealing with Jamie King at the time. And I ended up creating the voice for, for Electro, the character that Jamie, that Jamie was playing at the time. Okay. And they they had to debut, they had to debut the the Spider Man versus um, Electro at the Comic Con uh, comic that festival. Mm-hmm. So what I did is I did all the music for them to come out to. Okay. And then Jamie and I wrote a song called "Chasing Spiders," mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a it was a huge scored animated piece of music, and that's what they came out to, and then later what had happened is now I'm put in a position where I have to work with Hans Zimmer. Mm-hmm. So I, mean, I don't know if you know who Hans Zimmer is, but yeah. you know, he's obviously one of the best composers of all time. You yeah. He's got it. He's, he's behind it. So, yeah. So now I find like myself. the composing king. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Phenomenal guy. So now I find myself on email and phone with Hans Zimmer and we're going mm-hmm. back and forth. And now I got to track the music out because his guys are going to come and mm-hmm. play this stuff live in Times Square because it was a big thing. And, you know, that didn't end up happening. Something went wrong like it usually does, but mm-hmm. it was a lot of experience. It was a big record. Um, so, but that song was used for the advertisements mm-hmm. of, uh, of those guys coming out. And we did do some trailers as well. So I've done some trailers as well with Jay. Okay. So yeah, that, that, cool. that went off, worked on a movie called Hardball back with Mike McCorn with Keanu mm-hmm. Reeves. I remember uh, that movie. Yeah, <laughs> Beer Fest. And then I did, I did a song with Jamie in a movie called Django. Yes. <laughs> and in, in Django, this is interesting. So Fox had an idea. So Fox throws his eye. See, Jamie's not going to sit down and make beats and blah, because he doesn't have time. And he's just not going to get into that. I don't think he really, I don't think he has the patience for that, to mm-hmm. be honest with you. Mm-hmm. But so he had an idea of doing a song called 100 Black Coffins. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, so let's, 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 let's work on this shit. So gave me the idea. I started putting the track together, started producing the beat together. Jamie heard it. He came in, started laying a vocal idea to it. Then I started, you know, building like a symphonic type of score mm-hmm. piece at the beginning and blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. So um, finished the track and Jamie's like, yo, we got to get Rick Ross on this. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that'd be dope let's get rid and this is when rick was hot right he was, yeah. he was the, the guy at the time um so how did this work this was a this is a difficult one so jamie calls up rick to come on the record calls rick to the house so i got the engineer over there jamie's got an awesome studio at his house by the way 
we pretty much it's my studio it's his studio my stuff mm-hmm. is up there so <laughs> calls calls rick over rick flies from from las vegas to los angeles to cut this record because he's got to go he's got to go to to miami in the morning and then he's going on tour in europe so mm-hmm. we, we didn't have that much time and when the movie's coming to an end the movie's done because mm-hmm. jamie had already done the movie's wrapped so now we're putting the soundtrack together and blah 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 so um i'm trying to remember how exactly okay so we dim up the record we have to before we get to rick dim up the record with putting fox on the hook just imitating rick because he can imitate anybody mm-hmm. got into the car drove over to quentin tarantino's house and now have to convince quentin tarantino that this record should go in the movie so <laughs> quentin here's the record. quentin comes out of the house hey guys you guys want some martinis? <laughs> and we're like, no, we good, brother. Comes in, he grabs, he's, well, I'm drinking, a, I'm drinking a martini. So sits in the back of the, the Jamie's truck and we're sitting in there uh, and he's listening to the song and he's like, oh, this would be perfect for Dr. Dre. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, with all due respect, Dre's not, he's not the hot guy right now. Dre's mm-hmm. amazing icon, but not right now. Mm-hmm. Rick Ross has to go on this record. And he's like, okay, whatever. I trust you guys. Where are you at? <laughs> if, if that's the hot guy, then that's the hot guy. Let's go with the hot guy. So... <laughs> So yeah, we said, yeah, my boy Tate was the one that hooked us up with, for some reason, I don't know why Rick wasn't answering Jamie's phone calls, but my boy Tate knows, knows Spiff, and, and, and Spiff is, is great friends, with the, he, that's one of Rick's best friends. Mm-hmm. So we, it was a weird a roundabout way that we had to get him to listen to it, drove to the hotel in Hollywood, played the record, he said he was down. Okay, fast forward, now he's coming back from Las Vegas, flies to Fox's house. Within a matter of minutes, Fox is like throwing a little party because Rick's coming over, got the champagne. Next thing you know, Puffy pulls up. Mm. <laughs> and when Puffy pulls up, he pulls up with like several cars and several trucks. And he's pulling <laughs> up with Ciroc for oh, the wow. party. Yeah, so now Puffy, now it's, I kid you not, I'm blinking. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> all of a sudden, there's got to be at least 300 people there. Yikes. Yeah, and then two chains rolls up. And this oh, is wow. the time, this is the myth. I'm telling you, this is when all those guys were like, that's all you, two chains. That's mm-hmm. what I'm, that two chains. Uh-huh. So then all of a sudden the place is packed and puffs on rock and <laughs> Rick Ross is doing his thing, two chains, and it's a packed evening. Now we're up to about 500 people. The party's Dang. packed, we got DJs up there, didn't get to record shit. And then I thought, <laughs> oh man, fuck, did I miss out on a Rick Ross record? Mm-hmm. So, you know, long story short, the, the next day I'm like, Jay, we didn't record, man. He's like, I know. <laughs> so what i did is i got in contact with rick's engineer sent the record to him luckily he cut it in the studio sent mm-hmm. me back his vocals i put it to the to the song mm-hmm. i got jason joshua to mix it jason joshua one of the best hip-hop mixers out there period in fact at the time he had the room beside manny mm-hmm. in uh, north larry that's just that's how it was the, the hot mm-hmm. you know those were the guys so oh, wow. mix, mix that record got it out to quentin made it in the movie mm-hmm. and you know i you know you, you struggle to see that and mm-hmm. then i realized oh my god i didn't get credit oh yeah that's oh, not good <laughs> it's, it's not good at all and that mm-hmm. brains wasn't happy with that oh wow and so yeah i had to talk to fox's management and we were mm-hmm. back and forth and my attorney and you mm-hmm. got to care of my client blah 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 so you know it's not that easy anymore right stuff gets right so 
long story short, they have to wait for other stuff to get printed before they add me and mm -hmm. online and stuff. So you'll now, my name is added to the Wikipedias and mm -hmm. blah, 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 and anything else that was printed after that. Um, so yeah, I made it into the movie. It was interesting to see, you know, the juxtaposition between a Rick Ross record mm -hmm. and a bunch of slaves right. coming out. That was black yeah, yeah. That was that was the the good part about the movie. I loved how you did see current songs like that compared to right. you know slavery times, and it kind of right. made that connection, bringing it out of slavery and kind of like saying that this is this stuff is still going on now. I, right. and, you know, because so, some people don't like when they put new songs in period pieces, um, but I think when you're dealing with something like this it brings the the slavery element to current times another, a, and reflect to another level yeah and how we're still going through that stuff you know exactly but and yeah. you know the, if there's any director that can pull it out there's really only one director that pulls something off like that and it's quentin we mm -hmm. you know we know that he's the guy that would do stuff like that because he's not afraid to take a risk yeah. for good or for worse with his material and you'll remember it mm -hmm. so that was that's how the whole that's how the whole Rick Ross Django thing went down. Yeah, I love that movie. I, I watch that movie yeah. all the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And how and do you, so, I was gonna say, well, how do you, how do you um, approach music scoring as opposed to producing an actual song for a soundtrack? Right, so two, di two different two different beasts mm -hmm. so composing for the film is, is you got to get into a different mindset it's mm -hmm. it's bringing out the scene you know you don't necessarily want to be heard while watching it you you don't want people to focus on the music you want them to focus so much on the film that you totally forgot the music was there because you got so engulfed and every piece played a position the, mm. the music the score so you know you generally you're writing themes you're writing pieces that work Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So you're um, you get down, you get a scene. The director will give you a scene, uh -huh. and they'll ask you, you know, use they'll they'll give you directions. If they don't, I mean, you're on your own, and then they'll give you a bunch of notes on how wrong you were at what you did because <laughs> mm -hmm. you're getting no direction, right? You're just mm -hmm. going with what you feel. So yeah, you see the scene, and you and and he's you're kind of getting the vibe of how the movie is going. See, I'm fortunate enough that. I am on set for a large oh. part of whatever we're shooting. I get the luxury to do that. And now composers are doing it all the time now as well. Mm -hmm. um, it, it just, you understand where the director is going with this. You understand what the production is happening. And so I get, to, I get to see what's going on. I get an idea. I go home and I'll write a piece of music or something. And then, you know, in Jay's case, I'll send it to him. What do you think? Mm -hmm. You know, I did for, we did another movie called All-Star Weekend that never it hasn't come out yet. I don't know what they're doing with it, mm -hmm. but um, I did a record with, with French Montana and that's the title song. And as soon as Jamie heard the track, he was like, yo, that shit's the shit. That's it. That's mm -hmm. it. So got French Montana in the studio again, <laughs> through, through Spiff. He hooked that up, put French in there, cut the record. You got that piece. Mm -hmm. Now, when it comes to the mood of it, like I just did a movie called Torn and I'm, it's an independent film. Mm -hmm. it's, it was an interesting project because all of us went to school together. <laughs> the director, oh, wow. the actors, me, the producers, we went to either junior high or school with, or related through family. Mm -hmm. And so it was a pet project that we put out there and we ended up winning so many awards. I think we're up to like 15 awards now for independent film. Oh, it wow. was just, 
it was just us getting together. Yeah, I can't believe that, right? So yeah. I saw the trailer. The trailer was amazing. I was like, I want to see that. That's my type of movie. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's about bad cop, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the, bad, the bad choices they make and mm-hmm. the outcome of it isn't good. Right. Right. So, you know, doing that movie was interesting because it was so, the whole movie, it's called Torn, Dark mm-hmm. Bullets. And it, the whole movie's dark. So mm-hmm. if you listen to it, um, I actually, by the way, my album comes out shortly. Oh. I'll get to that in a second for the soundtrack for that movie. Um, but when you listen to it, you'll understand that it was really mood. There was a lot of, it's really epic. There are big epic pieces with big mm-hmm. orchestration and then there's smaller piano pieces. So yeah, when you're writing to something, it's just mood. You're trying to create mm-hmm. a mood. You know, you're trying not to do too much. And you're not trying not to do too little. Sometimes mm-hmm. it just needs a track uh-huh. or a song, but then sometimes you don't need vocals and you want a musical piece. So, you know, there's, there's, there's songs and then there's musical pieces or compositions that mm-hmm. we use in, in television or film. So yeah, I, me personally, I sit down behind a piano. Mm-hmm. And that's, oh, that's okay. where I start coming up with what, I'm, what is it that I'm trying to portray here. Okay. So is it sometimes, do you get sometimes just a script and start? With I, always, I always get the script, but I never start with the script. Okay. Yeah, I never, I never start with the script because I don't, like, I, I guess I can start with the script, but it's not like, um, it's not the same mm-hmm. than when you're listening, when you're actually seeing Mm-hmm. Like how will we'll... <laughs> What was the piece for that? Just, this is a while back to you. Uh, I think the theme went like that. Okay. That sounds nice. <laughs> so yeah, it starts off with <laughs> something get, like I was gonna say, don't get me sued. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, this is this is my original music. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it starts off with something as simple as that where is it here i'll play it um and this is for all-star weekend mm-hmm. where are you please man uh, what? uh go ahead you were saying i was gonna say do you play any other instruments i play guitar very poorly <laughs> <laughs> if i do need guitar i go to eric jackson Oh, okay. phenomenal guitar player. You should interview him next. He's done a lot. Oh, okay. um, yeah, great guy. Um, let me see so you can hear. Did he work with um, um, Damon and um, what was the other? Damon one? and Harvey. Yeah, did he work with them? He worked with them a lot. He worked with Kenny a lot. He okay. actually taught Tom Cruise how to play guitar for Rock of Ages. Okay. Um, I think I may have seen him before you've seen him you've seen him several times when you see him you'll remember oh oh, yeah 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 (laughs) so yeah so anyways that's 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 how that's how it works you you take you take the piano Mm -hmm. and you start putting pieces until you get something that makes sense Mm -hmm. oh wow behind it yeah i always wondered how that process was uh let me see okay so for instance i was there's a piece in this television show that i'm working on right now mm-hmm. where the couple is out out for dinner okay so i came up with lounge music like this oh. so this a little bit of jazzy piece mm-hmm. 
so, nice. so you work on stuff like that, mm-hmm. and it's in the backgrounds, background music. So they're just talking right mm-hmm. now over the over the music. Oh, okay. And so yeah, so you don't want to distract your audience. You want to just fill in the background. Mm-hmm. So, and then you've got to do stuff like this. This is the <laughs> same kind of stuff where you're doing. Mm-hmm. Same kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Now we're doing hip hop, right? So that's how I work. I do. Every, I've done everything from mariachi mm-hmm. to that. And <laughs> I'll play you this one thing too. This is funny. There's a part in the show, in this TV show, where where Jamie is, he's talking to his daughter and his daughter loves that song, mm-hmm. uh, Magenta. Uh, I don't know if you know, familiar with Magenta. Mm. It's a hip hop record. Anyway, so it's, it's a hip hop record done by a Latin artist. Okay. And I ended up doing the mariachi version of that, okay. if that makes sense. <laughs> so yeah, so... <laughs> I end up doing it's this now. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Oh yeah. Right. So I just played everything. I uh-huh. just played everything, and I got Eric on the guitar, and I just recreate it because it's a comedy piece. Now mm-hmm. it's there. There's a big mariachi band behind him, right. uh, mimicking what I'm doing. You'll laugh at it when you see it. So it's for, <laughs> it's for a television show called Dad Stop Embarrassing Me. I'm in post production mm-hmm. on that right now. Oh, but okay. yeah, so 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 it music takes us all over the place. Like mm-hmm. even doing stuff with es. PN, I did a couple things with Katie Holmes on that. She directed mm-hmm. a, a show about women of New York, which it was a short, and I thought it was really good. It was on AOL, and it's really done good. Mm-hmm. Um, did stuff with them, did, you know, um, Underarm commercial with Steph Curry, did Mercedes-Benz commercial with, mm-hmm. with Tyler Chen. Uh, like I said, the All-Star Weekend. Uh, which is a huge cast is Jamie Foxx, Jeremy Pippen, Robert mm-hmm. Nero, Robert Downey Jr., sorry, uh, Eva Longoria, Gerard Butler, mm-hmm. Benicio del Toro. The music is chocked with like tons of of people. The talent level in that movie is very mm-hmm. high. So hopefully it comes out. COVID didn't really help with everything. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Stalled a lot of stuff. You know, the, the TV show I'm working on Netflix right now is called Dad Stop Embarrassing Me. Uh-huh. And we were supposed to wrap in May. It's now December and we're in post now. The, mm-hmm. We wrapped the sh- we wrapped shooting about two weeks ago. Oh, and now cool. I'm in post and we're mixed. We mixed the first episode yesterday and we'll mix mm-hmm. four, four more before everyone hangs it up. The only people left working right now is myself, mm-hmm. my, my music editor, the mm-hmm. film editor and a couple of the producers okay. and everybody else is now on vacation. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. One so, of my um, writing, one of my writing um, group members uh, recently sent us that script. And then I remember reading from your bio, I was like, Oh, and I told her, I said, um, I know the guy, the music composer for this. And I let her know that I was yeah. interviewing you. So yeah. So she yeah. sent a script to read. I was like, small yeah. world. <laughs> small world, you know, that, that, it's about Jamie and his daughter. Because it's funny, when, when, when Crin was younger, Crin's his daughter, mm-hmm. she used to always say that, Dad, you're embarrassing me. And it's funny, because, you know, Fox is a funny guy. I've known mm-hmm. him for 18 years. He's just always been that way, and he's always embarrassed her. So they <laughs> turned it into a television show, and, you know, 
Netflix picked it up and we'll see what happens. Yeah, I can't there's wait some to funny, see it. There's some funny pieces and it. it's a black comedy. Mm-hmm. It's a it's multi-cam. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's supposed to be a studio audience. You know, after shooting the first day, we lost the studio audience because of COVID. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it really kind of changed the whole energy and the whole dynamic of, the, mm-hmm. of that show. So, you know, for actors like Jamie, mm-hmm. when he has that studio audience, you know, it brings a different energy. Yeah. Right? It's important. So it was, it, yeah, it was unfortunate that we, that, that didn't happen. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. It's the release date is next year. Mm-hmm. Okay. And yep. out, outside of that, I'm working on a animated feature film mm-hmm. called Groove Tales. And oh, that's okay. with Jamie Foxx, Channing Tatum. They're really trying hard to get Ariana Grande on this one. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure they're going to, going to be able to do it but that's on the producer. So this is a movie about these rats that dance. (laughs) (laughs) Again, we're back to the Save the Last Dance flash dance thing. And they're in the streets of New York and they're Uh battling. And they they have to deal with the elements. They have to deal with the stray cats and the dogs. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we have a character in there called Little Uber. He's Mm -hmm. just like a little puppy, the little dog, and he likes the mice. And they jump on his back and he (laughs) takes them around. He's an Uber driver. So it's a kids and adult comedy because there's some adult stuff in there. Mm-hmm. And the music that I'm doing on there, like wh- I'll be working with other artists because obviously it's a, a bunch of dance stuff. But we do some throwback stuff like um, like nothing's been said yet. But for instance, we'd, be, we'd use something like Tears for Fears. Like, child, let it all out. Because mm-hmm. it's funny when it plays against the... <laughs> the animation right we've mm-hmm. had a lot of problems with this animation though because our animators were in pakistan and in oh. brazil and oh, wow. what are the two countries that are hit hardest outside of america it's india then brazil so it, wow. i know you know it was very tough for our producers to you know even c- contact them mm-hmm. you know th- these are the third world countries in their own right it's not like mm-hmm. you it's not you're gonna call these guys on their cell phones and at their homes with their <laughs> family their way of contacting our producers was through the office where everything is paid for and taken mm-hmm. care of so it, it's it's been difficult so again covid pushed us back to 2022 so mm-hmm. we've got time to to work on this and we'll see how it works but through and then so i'll back up a little too throughout all of this i ended up signing a deal with bmg did a publishing deal over there oh, okay so brought bmg onto this project and bmg bmg is going to administrate this project and we'll probably end up doing a soundtrack through mm-hmm. bmg uh on this movie as well oh wow well, that's yeah. exciting like you have like you have a vast um amount of projects going on and yeah, what- it's what would you say is your favorite, like your favorite area to work in? You know, so the cool thing about television is that there's deadlines and they're hard deadlines. As you know, mm-hmm. Friday hits. Done. Netflix, you got more flexibility, though, than regular mm-hmm. television. Okay. Um, but, you know, and it's a lot different than regular television. The mm-hmm. contracts are different. The, mm-hmm. the, the workflow is different. The can and can't do's are really different. I have to take, a, I have to take COVID uh university in order to work there is really interesting <laughs> you do it and then you get your certificate then you can you can be on there oh wow um but yeah i did this big gospel record with one of the actresses it's in it's in the show but it was fun it was fun doing the project but yeah covid really put a damper on that but mm-hmm. between the two tell uh, th- theater's more like 
this is another thing. I don't want to get off topic here. I know I'm talking long, but <laughs> the the movie industry. I don't know if you heard what Warner Brothers just did. Yeah. But yeah, so now they're doing the simultaneous release on stuff mm-hmm. that is meant for the theater. So right. you know, I, our producers are optimistic. They're thinking that by 2022 we'll be <laughs> fully back in the theaters and we can put this this movie where it's supposed to belong, which is in the theaters. Mm-hmm. However. I'm not pessimistic. I'm optimistic, but I'm, I'm also realized that as times go, like COVID has forced us into the future. Mm-hmm. Like for those that wouldn't order anything online before, now are ordering online. Right? Exactly. For those, everything's fast forward. So now everything, you know, we're, we're going to get used really quick to just watching stuff on TV. That's what's happening. Again, we were kind of before, but now we're forced to now. So mm-hmm. it's now become a habitual way of consuming content. So, you know, although 22 might come around and we might go direct to theaters, I have a feeling that whatever, wherever we go, it might also be a simultaneous mm-hmm. two theaters, two streaming at the same time. So, right. you know, I, I love doing, I love doing, you know, when, when I worked on, oh, that's just none of the project that I forgot to tell you. Mm-hmm. I did a short film with Jamie Foxx and, and, and um, Ron Howard for uh-huh. Can for Canon. Oh, okay. We did this thing. Yeah. And so that's the first time I got to mix a body of work for, for a short film mm-hmm. at the Sony, at the Sony pictures. And I, I say yeah. that to say this, it is, first of all, the Sony studios are amazing. The I board is, are. <laughs> it's humongous. So you're mixing it for the theater you because you're mixing in a theater mm-hmm. right so you're, you're you're adding your sound effects you're doing you're making the the shitty music that i did sound amazing <laughs> <laughs> and it's theatrical and it's epic mm-hmm. and so we're making this content to be absorbed by consumers and in, in a theater right mm-hmm. so when we don't get to do that and people are just watching it on a cell phone or an ipad or in their yeah. home system it kind of it kind of drowns out, dampens down the effect of the film. It's supposed right. to be big, right? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I, I have a problem with that. And it's kind of bad because the music I'm doing, it's like, it's, it's like big, it's big music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it is what it is. Yeah, it's important to get that theater experience. It just, re- it just, you know, it just brings you into it, like it, it connects, and it's just something about being in that dark room, and you're only focused. You you have no distractions, and you're only yeah. looking at that big screen, and so it's it's yeah. a completely different experience. <laughs> and there's a lot that goes into that, mm-hmm. like even this this opening beginning that I'm working on. It's like uh-huh. this. So here, I'll play it for you a bit. Just. It's an animation. And they're walking down the street and they're singing and blah, blah, blah. So when you put this up against the picture and the Mm -hmm. way it's being mixed and it's like, it's that theatrical moment. Yeah. How would it be to watch, uh, you know, Avatar on Mm -hmm. uh, iPad? I I don't know. Yeah. We don't have any power over that. (laughs) It takes it away. So now I'll back up to your question. I do like doing film as much Mm -hmm. because you get to, you, you, you get to, 
play with these big sounds and you get to play with the big symphonic adventure. And mm -hmm. the, I like doing that, but it is, I would say one of the toughest jobs I've ever done is TV. I mean, is mm. film music. It's very, it's very tough dealing with the director. It's very, mm. it's very, it's very stressful. I mean, like mm. after doing a film, you need to take a break. I don't care who you are. Mm -hmm. Don't care. <laughs> it's very stressful because at the end of the day, the film, oh, now you're going to make it great. Really? Mm -hmm. You guys didn't like what you wrote or acted? <laughs> like, so the, <laughs> the pressure has now been put all on you to, in their mind, save the film. I don't know mm -hmm. why they feel that way, but, you know. <laughs> so, but you've got to do what the director wants. It's his movie. You, you mm -hmm. kind of, as a composer, you've got to remove yourself yeah from that process and give the director whatever you can mm -hmm. suggest because that you know they want your suggestions mm -hmm. but at the end of the day it's their show and you just want to finish their sentences and, right. and get it get it going so both television and film are great they have two different purposes two different beasts mm -hmm. but like i said one has hard deadlines and one there's a little bit more time but it's a lot more work mm -hmm. yeah. yeah that's that's amazing i can i can imagine composing for you know the director is a lot like writing a writer in a writer's room and they yeah. they have to bring the showrunner's vision to life and i yep. guess it would be completely different when you're creating your own music production you get to do what you want to do because it's exactly your, your stuff yeah exactly so yeah that's that's my that's you know my that's where i'm headed towards mm -hmm. is more television and film and i still do music and i still write songs like mm -hmm. you know that's that's part of it. i'm doing a lot of work with coca-cola right now mm -hmm. and um they're asking for songs so you know i'm, I'm working with with both worlds mm -hmm. um so sh you know i'm also like i tried to i've i very much stayed in an entrepreneurial role though like, mm -hmm. it's not all i do like a couple of buddies of mine ended up buying a huge publishing catalog and, you know, within that catalog, we got a large portion of the 24K Bruno Mars album. Mm -hmm. uh, we got a lot of Chris Brown. We got oh, wow. a lot. It's, it's just, the, the, it's chocked, chocked full of a lot of stuff, Tyrese's stuff. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and it pays. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's an investment, right? Yes. So I encourage other producers. I'm going to start up a YouTube pretty mm -hmm. soon called brains music oh, okay. and it's gonna it's gonna be based around making money in the industry but it's not what mm -hmm. you think it's oh. not just off of music you have to have other businesses outside exactly and so yeah to, to help move the needle in your life otherwise as you know you eat what you kill in this mm -hmm. industry yeah you don't kill anything <laughs> you don't need anything you know, sometimes the rent can be unpaid mm -hmm. and you're, you're trying to figure some stuff out. So I figured I didn't want to do that anymore. And that's mm -hmm. when I started branching off and getting more into like stocks and doing mm -hmm. infinite banking, creating my own personal bank yeah. and getting into purchasing music publishing. Yeah. So as a music yeah. producer, songwriter, you got to, you got to burn the candle on both ends mm -hmm. have multiple streams of income exactly. that aren't attached to each other you don't <laughs> you don't want to have all your investment into into one stock i.e mm -hmm. music and the music starts to dip that means all your money's going to dip so you want exactly. you want yeah you want to diversify your life if possible absolutely but yeah, that's that's where i am at this point yeah my career well, you've done some amazing stuff. I didn't even know you did all of this. Like when I looked at your bio, I was like, dang, I didn't know Brains did all this. <laughs> yeah, on the down low. Yeah, yeah. So that's it's funny because cool. even when even on Jamie's second album, I can't even remember the name of his second album, I did a record <laughs> with, with Pitbull. 
Mm-hmm. On, that, okay. on that album, yeah, and it was a remix that came out. I don't know what happens to half of this stuff, but Mr. Worldwide, bless that mm-hmm. record, uh, <laughs> did some stuff on a movie called Beer Fest. That was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but you've you got to just keep working. I'm sure there's a lot yeah. of the stuff I'm missing. I actually composed the 2018 BT Awards. That was me. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. And um, yeah, when you, you know, you, you just got to work. It's just a mm-hmm. lot of work. Absolutely. <laughs> when I tell you it's, it's, it doesn't leave a lot of room for personal life, unfortunately. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And it's but like you got yeah. you, you to find someone that really understands that because not mm-hmm. even when a person says they understand that they right. don't really. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So what, what kind of advice would you give aspiring music producers? You know, like everybody, you know, they want to, they trying to make beats and all that, you know. So what would you say to them to get started or get their foot in the door? Um, what would be your advice on that? You know, we're in a day where it's just so much, everything's digital. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you look at it, you really don't need a record deal as much as you used to. When I mm-hmm. first started off, you can do it all your own. You can market yourself. You don't need to get billboards. Do you know how much billboards used to cost to yeah. put an artist? That was expensive. You don't need to do that now. You mm-hmm. use Facebook marketing, Instagram, Twitter, mm-hmm. like, you know, TikTok, like that. That'll boost you in a second, right? So my advice is work smart, not hard. Everything you need to know is online. Like anything you need to know is on YouTube. If you, you know, if you want to put a record out there, study how other people have done it. The information's out there. But my biggest advice would be to make sure that you have another form of income and that the music is just a side thing until it no longer is a side thing. Mm-hmm. right it'll start off as a side hustle and then when you're making music say say i worked at i don't know rouse but mm-hmm. i was a beat maker work at rouse until you sell two or three beats where now you're making more on beats than you are at rouse then quit rouse <laughs> you understand because mm-hmm. at the end of the day what happens is we get caught up with making music and we catch this bug and it's oh my next album this next mm-hmm. record this is going to be the hot one doesn't happen okay the next one doesn't happen mm-hmm. and then you just like you you get stuck in this never-ending cycle you're not placing records it's mm-hmm. not making money from it and it's just it becomes a downward spiral so my suggestion is get a solid side gig even mm-hmm. if it's just Turo or if it's if it's Lyft or Uber or whatever it is stuff those those gig the gig economy is awesome it gives you so much free time to make beats to be an artist to do any kind of entrepreneurial thing you want because you control your hours and you can control the amount of money you make mm-hmm. if you're doing uber you can say i'm okay i'm gonna only drive for four days that's enough to make rent and some and some food or whatever the deal is yeah. for, for a week or whatever but then you've got all the spare time to work on your craft mm-hmm. and like i said work smart not hard you have to do a you have to do a lot it's a lot of people there is no overnight success a lot of these even mm-hmm. these young kids when you see them you're like you, what a lot of people don't realize they've been doing a lot of this for months if not a year and some change a lot of it before they finally got noticed so mm-hmm. work smart not hard start keep putting content out there too yeah don't let don't let important. anybody tell you don't let anybody tell you that it's not good let the public decide mm-hmm. this the public will decide whether they like what you're doing or not that goes for anything that's if you're creating an app if you're creating mm-hmm. any kind of invention let the public decide we're the ones consuming it exactly Put content out there mm-hmm. you know if you want to be or get on sign up to DistroKid, get out to the top 100 streaming platforms that are coming out there and put your music on there. Mm -hmm. Make money from that. Yeah. And what would you say if they are, they're like starting at 
square one. They don't have any equipment. They don't, you know, know uh, gotcha. what to do. Like, what, what would you say? First of all, if you want to keep the, we're in a perfect time where everything can be cheap. It's, it's, it's inexpensive. <laughs> I work completely on Mac. Um, mm. The music industry, editing, Photoshop, all that stuff is based around the whole Apple environment. However, you can do the same thing on PC. It's considerably inexpensive. If you don't have the money, you can buy a decent PC laptop for $500, maybe even less on Craigslist. You can get, you can get a Mac on mm. Craigslist. Start on Craigslist or <laughs> eBay, something cheap, right? I use Logic. You can use any DAW one. Just, you can use anything. Uh, it's a, I, the reason why I use Logic is because it comes with a lot of good sounds. Mm. And if you're a first time producer, it comes with a lot of good use for you to make music with. That's why mm -hmm. I choose Logic. But you can use anything. It's all in your mind, right? Mm -hmm. So you can use anything. So first things first, get a laptop. Don't get a brand new, too expensive. Go on eBay, go on Craigslist. Then get yourself a little keyboard. You need to play. <laughs> you need to play something on there. You can go to Guitar Center. You can order on Amazon. Amazon's got some cheap stuff. You can get a small one for maybe, I don't know, $30. Mm. Plugs right into your laptop. Get some headphones, maybe maybe a little pair of speakers, and you're off to the races. Then just wow. start making music. Listen to a lot of music. Copy music. That's because mm -hmm. then when you when you start re, when you can start copying music and replaying out another song, what you're doing is you're understanding the timing of music, like eight mm -hmm. bars, sixteen bars, four bars, and that's what happens when you start like remaking songs, right? Get get familiar with the music. Listen to a lot of it, and eventually you're gonna get to a point where you're creating songs and you're, you're putting it in the right time format and you're, you're paying attention to syncopation. So yeah, I would start off with the, with the inexpensive laptop, a keyboard, mm -hmm. it comes with sounds, it comes with drum sounds and just start working. It's like a video game. Just start playing, mm -hmm. oh, wow. start playing till you get, till you get to where you should be, what level you should be at. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And yeah. don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to, to go online, everything you want to learn is mm -hmm. online. Like I use Manny Mariquin. Mm -hmm. I learned a lot of mixing from just sitting in the room with Manny. Mm. Uh, obviously everyone can't sit in the room with Manny, but what you right. can do is go on YouTube. He's got his own channel. You oh, can learn okay. how do you make the kick sound like this. You, you can learn, I went to school. So you, you can, if, if you don't go to school, you can study how do you mix the song so that I can play it to someone and they get what I'm thinking, right? Mm -hmm. All that stuff's online. YouTube mm -hmm. is a music producer's best friend. Yeah. YouTube, YouTube University. A, <laughs> that's it. If you're a screenplay writer, mm -hmm. yo, if you've never done it before, YouTube. Mm -hmm. Okay. I also took the master classes from uh, master class. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Yes. If you, you know, I've 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 watched several people on that program, and mm -hmm. I, I think it it helps. Education's king when it comes to this. obviously talent is talent. You got to mm -hmm. go with whatever you feel, but Part of that is education. Exactly. Knowing what a C is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it, helps. it helps to get where you want to go and listen to a lot of music. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. key. You got to study the craft. Study the craft and respect it. Like mm -hmm. all these kids, a couple years back, I remember they were like, Tupac ain't shit. Ain't nobody. Oh. You, you can't say stuff like that because yeah. if you love, like growing up, I wasn't alive when Stevie Wonder was it first alive mm -hmm. you know I, when bob marley was alive i was young i was a baby mm -hmm. so my thing mm -hmm. is i never once looked back and said those guys ain't shit 
right. in fact, I'm heavily influenced by those people. So these younger cats, they can't look back and say, those guys ain't shit. They may not listen to it, but they got to listen, understand, oh, oh, that's how hip hop happened. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's why they did this. Okay, now I understand why there's a following. I understand. Just like how we respect our, our parents' music. Exactly. And we play it. It's mm-hmm. not funny. We play our parents' music to this day. It's like, yeah. you have to respect me. Once you start respecting music, you find a love for it. Like, I love, mm-hmm. one of my favorite groups in the world is the Eagles. Okay. And I just have a respect for their structure, for what they're saying. And mm-hmm. even more the time, those, those times. Mm-hmm. When Marvin Gaye was around, the reason why he was what he was is because look at the political right. environment. When Bob Marley was around, look at the political environment. Mm-hmm. It was repression. Mm-hmm. You yeah. understand? So mm-hmm. music has this thing. It's a, it's a staple in time. And, and, and sometimes you can't remake those songs. Be- mm-hmm. That song, War. What mm-hmm. is it good for? Like, you can't redo that. They did that at that time because exactly. of war. That, yeah. that emotion, you can't duplicate that. That's why when anybody tries to remake that song, it doesn't sound <laughs> the same. It just don't work. They yeah, try to overdo it, different. overproduce it. It's too perfect, right? Yeah. So, yeah, forget all that. Listen to a lot of music. Respect a lot of music. And you mm-hmm. become, it just makes you a better person, too, I think. I think so, too. <laughs> yeah. So what is next for Brains? Oh, I always say, what is that going to be? You know, it, for me, it's other businesses. I want to mm-hmm. tap into other businesses outside of just creativity. Mm-hmm. That's like a big thing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I've really focused lately, as of late, I've really focused on infinite banking. And I'll let your viewers just type that in on YouTube or Google, Google infinite banking. I've started that, which okay. is pretty much my own bank. And it oh. allows me to, allows me to do... Uh, whatever I want with the money that I have um, and it gets leveraged to your whole life insurance policy. It's an amazing thing. And you're getting, you know, compound interest on your money mm-hmm. until you die. And oh, oh wow. by the way, it's, it's life insurance on top of that. So it's an amazing thing. So, you know, once you start putting these pieces together, you start mm-hmm. understanding, wait, that's how these people do. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that McDonald's has this much money in whole life. I didn't know that Joe Biden has a hundred million in whole life because that's how they leverage their money. That's how they take money out and borrow it against that policy. So there's wow. things like that, uh, that I'm looking into um, in terms of creativity. I think this, the Groove Tales animated feature mm-hmm. film is going to take up a lot of my time for the next year, which I'm, I can't wait. I've been working on it now, but mm-hmm. I can't wait till we, we wrap the Netflix thing so I can now pay 100% attention to that and start working with some other artists. Mm-hmm. And, you know, outside of that, I don't know, creativity, that's a good mm-hmm. thing. What am I doing next? Mm-hmm. I got to find another job after this job's done. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I'm sure Jamie has something up his sleeve where he's going to be like, uh, Come over to come over to the trip. I'm show you something, and then you know, next thing you know, he's got this idea, and we're working on stuff. Right. So <laughs> that's how that's how it usually is. I, I'm sure at one time I want to produce, getting into producing mm-hmm. films, mm-hmm. because I think I've done so much of it. It's almost like I'm producing a film. It's like yeah. I've been, I've got a huge contact list. I know a lot of mm-hmm. people. I know a lot of people in the trade. Mm-hmm. Um, I know the, the the statutes for for licensing music and all that mm-hmm. stuff. So to some degree, I feel that I bring a lot to the table for the production of a film. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'll, I'll I'll touch into getting into production at one time. Maybe yeah. even directing. I'm not sure. Oh wow, that'd be exciting. But yeah, sky's the limit. We live in great times, Ross. Mm-hmm. You, you, you are going to be a, a, a director at one time or something. I already know. <laughs> it's going to be something that 
you know, you thought about and then mm -hmm. for some reason it just happened. Like we don't know any yeah. sky's the limit. That's so I'm awesome. working on it. I'm working on it. I know you are. <laughs> I know you are. I've known you for a long time. I know you've got a creative mind. I know you <laughs> stuck in this as long as I have. Mm -hmm. So that says something for both of us. It's just yeah. you gotta you got and you're around good people. Tracy's mm -hmm. great, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what do you guys have next on your plate? Are you allowed to talk about? Um, well, what we're working on right now is um, the second season of Games People Play. Um, mm -hmm. We are about to, if COVID doesn't uh, shut Disrupt. us down again, yeah. Yeah. Um, we're supposed to go into pre-production in February. Um, and then I believe we start shooting in March, if I'm correct. That's nice. Yeah. So hopefully that will go through. And then we have a lot of other things in the, on the slate. Um, we have the movie with Queen Latifah um, oh, that we're going to do. True. And so hopefully we can start shooting that um, maybe like in the summer or June mm -hmm. or somewhere around mm -hmm. there. Um, and then, yeah, just like a few other things that are on the slate that, um, you know, once COVID gets the hell out of here, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. do some things. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Technically we are done in February for mm -hmm. Netflix. Like I, on my part, mm -hmm. on my part in terms of getting that stuff mixed up. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I look forward to working on if it ever gets done, but the Mike Tyson story. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Which will be interesting. Mm -hmm. um, hopefully I get to do something on that. There's no prom There's no promises in this industry. First of right, all, I don't right. care who you are. Right. You could be Leo, the, Leo, <laughs> the cap. It don't matter. There's no promises, mm -hmm. but um, yeah. So there's that on the, on the horizon. And I, I just, I'm, I really want to get my feet wet with doing more animated feature films. It's, mm -hmm. okay. it's something that, that is becoming, it's, it's fun. It's exciting. And it's, it's challenging. Okay. That sounds yeah. exciting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, all righty then. Well, this was this has been a, an amazing conversation. It's like you took me down memory lane. I I was thinking <laughs> about stuff that I had forgot about. I was like, oh yeah. Mm. Okay. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, you know, it's it's been a ride up at, for all those that were around the time when Yabium was around, or mm -hmm. you know, or Edmonds. You know, they they started a lot where you and I start mm -hmm. off. A lot of talent spun out of that. John John. Yeah came yeah. from there armando mm -hmm. came from there juliano came from the third story yeah. john b there's a lot of us that came out of this camp you came out of this camp and now mm -hmm. you're producing and doing other things podcasts yeah so there's i think there's a lot of from kenny and tracy a lot mm -hmm. of stuff happened from from everyone who started there mm -hmm. and to to where they are now yeah um you get to do a lot of you do you get to do a lot of stuff you know mm -hmm. yeah i'm like you know to write a, a story about that building <laughs> about that building yeah about that floor uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. yeah because you never know what comes from look i'm me and the homie perps from 808 mafia the producer mm -hmm. we produced a song called channing all over your tatum and it, <laughs> that's the song that features miley cyrus channing tatum jamie fox jimmy <laughs> kimball uh you never know you just end up on these places you don't you just keep going and then you end up do and the funniest thing the stupid that song is so stupid but we got over 30 million <laughs> views on youtube it, you don't know where your career is going to take you i really mm -hmm. I swear to god you you do some crazy stuff it does really good you do some stuff you love it does horrible mm -hmm. but i guess the point being is just you know from that building stick to yeah. it everyone stuck to their guns mm -hmm. it, you know everything is way different 
<laughs> both industry-wise and personally-wise from when we all started there. But mm-hmm. I think that it kind of prepared us for what we're doing now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. it's just a pool of talent. <laughs> yeah, before we get off the phone, though, this is one thing. I don't know if I ever told you this. Maybe I did, but you know my family was a part of the Obama administration, right? No. Yeah, so my aunt and uncle, Thomas and Vanessa Reed, they were in Time Magazine as in the top 25 most influential people to the president at the time. Oh, wow. And Obama offered Thomas a job the first time he got elected, but Thomas turned it down because they all, they all went to school together. They're like best mm. friends. Because oh, wow. he's, he, he was part of his own law firm. He was the head of, you know, he's a partner. Mm-hmm. But then when he got the second nomination, he hired him and he came aboard. I think he was the director of the FDC, FCC, okay. FCC. So he ended up working with Obama. They met from what, from what the story I heard is my uncle knew Michelle first mm-hmm. and they were okay. friends first, my auntie, Michelle and, and Tom. And what happened with that was uh, she introduced him and said, I met this guy named Obama. And he's like, Obama, where is he from? Mm-hmm. Africa? That kind of thing. <laughs> Joked around. They met each other. My uncle was about six foot five. They both oh, played wow. ball. They <laughs> both played ball. They both got along. It just, that's how it worked out. All four of them were attorneys. Uh-huh. You know, after, after they graduated, what my uncle and my auntie were telling me is they said, yo, Brock, let's mm-hmm. go to Washington mm-hmm. and pay back these lo- student loans. <laughs> and Barack said, you know what? I think I'm going to stay back and make some changes in, in Chicago, mm-hmm. you know, and he did. Wow. He changed the way women were being treated, mm-hmm. the way black women were being treated. And he, and he wrote some bills and changed, changed the way law was there. Mm-hmm. And then he called my auntie Vanessa and my uncle Thomas on him. He said, I'm going to run for president. You think, <laughs> you think that's, you back me on that? And they said, of course, of course, of course, of course wow. we'll back you on that. And that's what happened. Then they started the campaign and my auntie campaigned hard for Biden because Biden uh-huh. knows my auntie as well. They all know each other. That's, mm-hmm. you know, and the funny thing is they, my auntie and uncle are great friends with mm-hmm. um, the owner, owner of Amazon, Jeff Bezos. They're all best oh, friends. Wow. They all oh, went wow. to school together. My uncle, Obama, Brooke uh-huh. Shields, they all know each other. Oh, wow. From that, from, yeah, from that era. And I don't know why they don't talk about it more. Obviously, everyone's mm-hmm. got so much going on. Right. But that's, that's the backstory. A lot of, lot of great friends came out of that yeah. era. That's and so, amazing. yeah. So I, I'm the only one that never met Brock. Out of my, old parents <laughs> my grandparents met him, my sister, my mom. Oh, wow. Yeah. I know, I always, like, everybody gets to meet Barack except me. But, except I didn't get to meet him, which is, which is, which is super crazy. But anyway, yeah, that's... That, I remember when he was running for the Senate. Um, did, did you ever meet Tracy Kimball? Why does that sound familiar? She Tracy used to Kimball. be um, the VP of, of uh, film. Uh, she was only there for maybe a couple of years or so. I would have met her then. I just can't put the system. Yeah, but she's, um, she's from New York. So she came from New York out here. Mm-hmm. And um, she was friends with... Um, What's his name? Oh my God, the actor. I'm um, blanking out on his name. Um, Denzel. No, um, the one that wrote the book, uh, Letters to My Brothers, or something like that. What's his name? Uh, I can't think of his name. But she was friends with him, and okay. um, so she he was doing some kind of fundraising, and so Tracy Kimball brought the like her fundraising materials to the office, and then she wanted to get uh, Tracy 
Edmonds involved. And so she was looking, they were looking for donations. And I remember looking at the, the um, material and seeing his name. And I was like, what kind of name is that? <laughs> I was like, that is a weird name. And so I never forgot it. And then when he started running for president, I was like, oh yeah, I remember him. Hill uh, That's who it is. Hill Harper. Yeah. Hill Harper. Yeah. So, you know, he and um, Hill Harper are, are good friends. So Tracy Kimball is good friends with Hill Harper. So mm. I was like, oh, wow. And I thought back on, I was like, yeah, I remember him. <laughs> he had the weird name. <laughs> the weird name. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But that's, that's the story. It's, it's, yeah. it's you know, America is uh, so divided right now. We don't, mm -hmm. we've never seen this before. And you know, what's funny. I find it funny that one of Michelle's best friends is George Bush. I mean, that's, <laughs> I know, that's how did her that homie. Turn out? <laughs> that's weird, right? That's her homie. And even Brock's like, I don't know how that turned out. But <laughs> apparently they're the best friends now and they work for the same organization. But it's, it's good to see that, you know, when it's all said and done, mm -hmm. both sides do and can get together. And mm -hmm. I, I just unfortunately don't think that's going to ever happen right now or ever yeah. again. Yeah. I think this president is very divisive. I don't like him mm -hmm. at all. Yeah. But don't get me the started. Fun, <laughs> the funny thing is, I am not a Democrat and I'm not a Republican. I am right <laughs> up the middle. And I feel that a lot of Canadians are. That's just how it is. Mm -hmm. There are things on the Republican side that I like in their mm -hmm. bills for business, mm -hmm. very business friendly. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's things on the Democratic side that I really like. What is mm -hmm. really for the people and let the people mm -hmm. get a piece of the pie, right? Yeah. You know, I come from a country where we, we have universal health care. I know what it's like. I don't have to watch CNN or Fox mm -hmm. and, and get a distorted reality. You want to know what mm -hmm. universal health care is like? Ask me. Yeah. It, right? It was great. Yeah. Loved it. Loved <laughs> it. There's not a, you can go to any doctor, any hospital, anywhere mm -hmm. in Canada. You're not getting turned down. And what's even That's better, amazing. you don't have to, you can leave your credit card at home. Oh, okay? wow. So just bring your health card. Mm -hmm. But so at the end of the day, I've got Republican friends. I've got, mm -hmm. like, I like both sides. It was him that I yeah. did not like. His divisiveness was dangerous. Yeah, it was, it was really like something we haven't seen in, in modern times. It, it was just right. crazy. Yeah. yeah. And we yeah. shouldn't teach people divisiveness. That's not mm -hmm. the way to, to, way to get, get around. You know, it, I guess we can go on and on forever. The, the, Democrats, <laughs> aren't, the Democrats aren't perfect either. Mm -hmm, right, Joe, right. Biden, Joe Biden got something to prove right now. Otherwise, right. he can get to step in too. We just want a better place to live in. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I, I consider yeah. myself, I'm, I'm a Democrat. I consider myself mm -hmm. a staunch Democrat, but that mm -hmm. does not mean I agree with every single thing, you know, mm -hmm. from the Democratic mm -hmm. Party, you know. Yep. But, um, but yeah, it's like, you know, we're just ready to get rid of this COVID and people can get back to work. And oh, I thought you were calling Trump COVID. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> you might as well. <laughs> we got to get rid of this COVID. <laughs> Same thing, same thing, same thing, same thing. One in the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah. People can get back to work, and you know, and get then back hopefully, to where we were. Yeah, and, and and hopefully, you know, be in a better place of where we've learned Yo, from each other and what you know people. You know saying. what I'm posting now? I'm saying let's get America great again. <laughs> Let let's get America great again. Right. <laughs> that, you know that's that's hilarious. It's ironic. <laughs> That's the ironic thing. We just want to get America great again. Because <laughs> right. it's like, it's, it's a catastrophe now. It's horrible. It's horrible. Yeah. Right now. I don't care what anybody's listening to on these radio stations. It's horrible right now. Mm -hmm. But we will. But we keep hope alive. 
Oh man, you you better believe, man. Even even we as black people, we're persistent. Persistence mm-hmm. overcomes resistance. Oh, That's yeah. the music industry. That's the television and film industry. Mm-hmm. That's just what it is. And we will we'll perceive over all this stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> well, so there it is. Yeah. Well, well thank you, thank you for the podcast and. <laughs> Let me know when you go live or if you can right. take, set the link. I'll definitely let people listen to it. It's, 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 uh, it's good to go back down memory lane. There's tons of stuff yes. that we didn't talk about. I, just, I know. You know it's my, like, we're, it could be like a 10-hour conversation. <laughs> really and truly. And I know we're, we're, we've taken up a lot of your time now. But um, Oh, that's okay. Oh, and there's one more thing I wanted to mention because I would never yeah. forget it. It was so funny. You were, ta- you were talking to somebody. This was on, in um, the studio in Track and Plays. Mm-hmm. And some guy was talking about uh, he was going to get hooked up with somebody as far as like business and, you know, making some money or whatever. And I remember you said to him, he was like, man, just ask the guy if uh, he can have a check for you on Wednesday. <laughs> and the guy was like, what? He was like, you were like, if he can't get a check for you on Wednesday, then he's not the guy you need to be talking to. <laughs> probably not. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember saying that, but you're probably right with that, you know? <laughs> that that's was what so this, funny. That's what this industry is. There's, mm-hmm. there's people talk, mm-hmm. you know? And that's what it is. That's why if I go to somebody that I need work, that I want to work with, that's mm-hmm. because we have a budget and I'm going to tell you the line producer and mm-hmm. who to send that invoice to. Otherwise, because I've been there, I don't want to just talk, talk, talk. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got this thing. Yo, check out my, did you look, look my dog. I, got, <laughs> I know this dude that does this thing. Really? Is there, is there money attached to that thing? Because there's a lot of freebies in this damn business. Right. At some point, you know, there's, there's got to be money involved. We got to pay the bills. So yeah, mm-hmm. I don't remember saying that, but it sounds like something I would have said. <laughs> but yeah, abs- absolutely. Keep, keep this whole, keep music alive. Keep television alive. Keep yes. movies alive. There's a lot of space. Listen, I'm a huge believer in blended culture at work Mm -hmm. i'm glad that biden is putting a lot of women in these positions and a lot of people of ethnicity because Mm -hmm. i listen at the end of the day white males aren't the only people that purchase product right right so therefore if we're making these great american products and these these great content Mm -hmm. it should be touched by different ethnicities different Mm -hmm different sexes it, yeah. it, it, it just should be right and that's how you make a better product that's exactly. just how you make it and yeah. so i see i see a lot of that going now i see more female filmmakers mm-hmm. and i'm encouraging by the way brains saying you done no i encourage more females <laughs> to come on and produce music yes yes we definitely like my girl that. my girlfriend she's a film composer too natasha mm-hmm. kojic she's really good mm-hmm. i encourage more to come aboard and do that mm-hmm. because at the mm-hmm. end of the day it's perspective and we need more perspective that changes exactly. movies from being the same and same and same it's, just, it's a yeah. different eye yeah it's like you get a variety it is and that's what's so great about america is that the mm-hmm. opportunity mm-hmm. it's the yeah. opportunity so yeah. there it is check me out <laughs> at brain www.brainsmusic.com you know, if you want to find me and on Instagram, it's mm-hmm. Brains Music, BrainsMusic.com. Everything's Brains Music. <laughs> as so, it should be. <laughs> yeah, as it should be. So that's that's where I am. That's where I yeah. can be found. Yeah, so check them out, everybody. Thanks for taking the time to tune in to the Wordy Girl Entertainment Podcast. Don't forget to check out my blog at www.wordygirlent.com.
That's W-O-R-D-Y-G-I-R-L-E-N-T dot com. You can also find me on Instagram and Twitter at at WordyGirlENT and on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash WordyGirlENT. And always remember, it all begins with a single word. So what are you waiting for? Go write.